0: All right, how's everyone doing? Good. It's a beautiful day out there, huh? It's like hurry up, we want to get out there. Joy. Um, my prayer this morning is that we would, as we look at God's word, that He would open our hearts uh, to His word. And I understand the topic today; it's it's on truth and on sin. It's a real light topic, right? And so, uh, my old Sunday school teacher, he used to always say, he would repeat the same verses and the same things over and over. And one thing he would say out of first, first Corinthians was, spiritual things are spiritually discerned. And he would say that every Sunday, spiritual things are spiritually discerned. And I was like, what does that mean? But it just means like the word of God and spiritual things are spiritually discerned. Like we need and rely and depend on God to reveal to us His truth in the Bible, right? Like, we can't just do that on our own. The Bible says that the truth of God is, is foolishness, right? The gospel is, is foolishness uh, to the Gentiles. It's a stumbling block for the Jews. But it's, and so I just want to pause for a moment and just ask that God would spiritually discern his word to us this morning dear Heavenly father lord we we thank you for your word um we thank you that we can come here and, and worship you we we thank you um for who you are we thank you for your son jesus um, as a demonstration of your love for us um pray this morning, Lord, that you speak into our hearts through your word, that you discern the truth, um, that light penetrates our heart, hearts and we're open to truth, that we're ready to receive that. Um, so I just pray that you would speak through that in, out of my weakness and our weakness, but your, your power is made perfect through our weakness. So we're, we're relying on that. And all of God's people said, amen. 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 So, Jesus' disciples following Him, and they're seeing Him depart, they're seeing Him pray, and they asked Him, hey, can you teach us how to pray? And you may have read or you may have heard the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and lead us not into temptation, or Forgive us of our trespasses, for we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. That last part is more tradition. but That's what Jesus taught them. And the one part in there is he says to forgive us of our trespasses. As we forgive those who trespass against us. And the trespasses there, it it means Sin. And so one would wonder, if he asked how do we pray, and the expectation is we would pray often, right, to God, and in that, in that way that we pray, he says, forgive us of our trespasses, forgive us of our sins. And I believe as we're going to look in 1 John, I think we're going to shed some light into this. And as we're continuing this series in 1 John, we learned last week in the first part of the first chapter in John that John, he's the one that was in the inner circle with Jesus, the three. He's the one that was leaning his head on Jesus at the Lord's supper, right? The one that says that Jesus loved. And I and I think we need to understand John's perspective, John 3:16 for God so loved perspective of who God is, that God came in the flesh, fully human, fully God, as Jesus, God's Son, that He was physical, John was arguing that point, that you could touch Him, you could feel Him, and that you could have fellowship with God. You could have a relationship, a personal relationship with God. And all these things were new and earth-shattering for the people at the time. Here and then after that, we're getting into now Jesus saying, like, what does it take to have that fellowship with other Christians? And what does it take to have that fellowship with God? And I think we're going to see here, as as John says, that God is light. We're going to unpack that a little bit to see exactly what that means. Jesus in Luke chapter 5 was just beginning his ministry. He was beginning to call his disciples to follow him. One story, it's a really famous story in the Bible, that Jesus was preaching in a house. And there were a bunch of guys and their friend was a paralytic. They wanted their friend to be healed. And they heard about this guy named Jesus and how he was healing people. And he had, how he had the power of God. So they took their friend on a bed, and they took him to this house. And they get there, and the crowd is so large that they can't get their friend to Jesus. So they devised this plan. They said, well, we're going to take our friend, we're going to get him up on the roof, we're going to dig a hole in the roof, and then we're going to lower him down to Jesus. And he's going to heal, heal our friend. And they did it. Like This is a crazy, wild scheme that they came up with imagine what they had to go through the ridicule and and all the things that they had to go through in order to have that much faith and when jesus when he said he saw their faith not just the paralytics but the friend's faith he said because of your faith your sins are forgiven because of your faith Fast forward another paragraph, and we see there in Luke chapter 5 that Jesus, he's hanging out with tax collectors. Now, tax collectors were the most sinful people. They were despised in society. He was calling a tax collector to follow him, and he's eating with tax collectors And the Pharisees and the scribes are really upset with Jesus. Like, why on earth would you hang out with tax collectors, with sinners? Jesus says, well, those that are healthy don't need a physician. I've not come for the healthy, the righteous. I've come for the unrighteous so that they may repent. So that they may repent of their sins. So here we see this in Jesus and his walk, and he's talking these two examples, one right after the other. The faith healed healed them from their sins, and the other one was that so that others would repent. Now I know talking about truth and sin can cause us pause. Even being Christians, we say, well, we have sin, we know, we feel the guilt of that, we don't know what to do with that sometimes. So it causes us to be a little uncomfortable. If you are not a Christian, to say to someone that you are a sinner, that the Bible and Jesus is 100% the truth, the only truth, and that you are a sinner is extremely challenging for people to hear that. It can be offensive. And I recognize that in, maybe in this room and in our society, in our neighborhoods, in our country, that the view and understanding of truth and sin is different from one person to the next. So I pray today as we look at God's Word and what that means, I pray that we look at it as John looks at it, that God is love. That he is our Heavenly Father. He wants the best for us. And I pray that the truth and the light of God penetrates all of our hearts. So that being said, let's open our Bibles to 1 John 1. We're going to go ahead and read verse 5 through 10, and we're going to circle back. All right, here we go. This is the message we have heard from him, Jesus, and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. I see three points I want to point out here. First, verse 5, that God is light. Second one is we can walk in light. And the third one is you can't walk in light and darkness at the same time. It just doesn't work that way. First one up is verse 5. It says that God is light. John says, This is the message we've heard from Jesus. I've walked closely with Jesus for three years in his inner circle, and this is the message from Jesus himself. It says that God is light and there is no darkness in him. That God is light. The other definition of light is truth. Truth. It's not that God has some light. It's not that God has some truth. It is God is light. He is truth. He is light. He is truth. And that God is light is foundational. It's foundational to our Christian walk. That God is light, He is pure, He is holy, He is righteous. There is no darkness in God. He is 100% light. And He is the source of all life and truth. He is truth. He is light. And here I think I see that light is used instead of truth. Because light is a positive thing, right? Right? It's not like truth is a bad thing. They use light to dis- define truth as being a good thing. So they use the word, I think the author, the inspired by the Holy Spirit, uses the word light for truth in a positive way. I remember some time back I was teaching my military class. It was like two weeks long. It's really involved and really active. And I remember about a week. Into it, maybe a little more than a week. I started telling Amanda, I was like, I'd call her at lunch. I'd be like, man, I'm feeling this weird pain in my side. Like, something's going on. I think it's okay, but I don't know. She's like, you should probably have that checked out. And I was like, I don't know. All these military people fly in from all over the country and all over the world. Like, they put a lot of work into this, and I want to make sure I finish it. They get their certificate, it's part of their promotion, and it's a big deal. So I just kept pushing it off, pushing it off. And then the last day, I hand out the certificates, and they're gone. And I sit in my office, and all of a sudden, I felt this weird, like, release in my side. And I'm like, well, that was weird. And so I called a manager, and like, you better go to the emergency room. Like, something's wrong with you. And so I go to the emergency room, and they do a scan or whatever. And they're like, uh, your appendix ruptured. We're going to have to go into surgery. CT scan says it, right? Like, that's truth. Like, the CT scan, like, whatever it says, yeah, you, you're, you're pinned That is true. Like, that was dark. That was bad. That was not good news at all. So truth can be negative or it can be positive. Truth being the light of God is in a positive. It's in a positive way. Light. As pure, with no darkness, God is, here he says, God is light and in him is no darkness at all. It's important to understand that. That God is 100% fully light. There is no darkness within him. And the reason that that's important, assume Doug needed a new laptop. He's been looking at this Laptop for a long time. It's a pink one, bedazzled, hundred petillion megabytes per second. Like it's been on his wish list for a long time. He sees one day Best Buy's having a sale. Like this thing is 50% off. So Doug goes down and he buys this laptop. But when he's checking out, he realizes it doesn't have a charger. The key little keys are missing. You got to buy those separately and install them yourself. Like, all of a sudden, truth, there's some doubt to it. Like, there was some fine print that we didn't realize. There was some hidden darkness, hidden agenda, hidden fine print into this truth that, we get, that Doug was getting excited about this pink laptop. Like, it was really exciting, but then all of a sudden, there was some hidden darkness, some hidden fine print. And what happens with that is you, you lose trust, right? When those things happen to all of us, when we think that there's truth, but then there's some hidden agenda or something going on, we lose trust. That's why it's important to understand that God is light. There is no darkness in God. There are no shadows in God. There, there are no hidden corners of darkness with God. is a hundred percent light there is no darkness you can trust god you can put your faith and trust in god because he is light and there is no darkness in god there is no ulterior motive there is no fine print when it comes to god he is trustworthy God is trustworthy. His light shines the path to truth and to life. Second point is we can walk in the light. We read this last time, that as as we have fellowship with one another, we have fellowship with God. That is how we get our joy. It's through fellowship with God and fellowship with others the Bible here, he calls it walking in the light. Now, the opposite of walking in the light is walking in the darkness. And there's a lot of biblical reference to talk about. We won't be able to get into all of those today about walking in the darkness. But if we are Christians, we have, we've already put our faith and trust in Jesus, right? Just like those friends that lowered their friend. like Jesus like, because of your faith in me, your sins are forgiven like our sins have been forgiven because of our faith and trust in jesus alone like if we are christians if you are a christian here today you can still be walking in darkness it's possible possible for me and what that means is that we are controlled by the desires of this world and not the desires of god we could be walking in darkness walking in sin, walking in known sin, unrepentant sin is walking in darkness. I heard this quote says, to to choose gravel over diamonds means that we must be blind. To choose gravel over diamonds. And it hurts our fellowship. It hurts our fellowship with God. It, It begins to break our fellowship with God. When we are more concerned about this world than we are the desires of God or, or when we have unrepentant sin in our lives. It hurts our fellowship. It's just like any other relationship. You can't say, I have a relationship with someone or a spouse and continue to do things you know is not right and not expect the relationship to be hurt. And this is something that I struggled with early on in my Christian walk. Like, hey, I put my faith and trust in Jesus. The Bible says my sins are forgiven That God holds me in His righteous right hand, He will never let me go. That He separates my sins as far as the east is from from the west. And all that's true. That our salvation is based on Christ alone, so that no man may boast on their works. But we see here in 1 John that God desires a fellowship, a relationship with us. And if we walk according to the world and we walk with unrepentant sin in our lives, that means that the relationship starts to suffer between you and God. It's not a punishment thing. It's like, no, God's like, I want to have a relationship with you. I am light. There's no darkness within me. And that impacts our relationship and our fellowship doesn't mean your salvation is at risk. It just means your relationship is hurting with God. Verse 6, if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. If you live according to the world, you have unrepentant sin, Like you could say I fellowship with God, and you could fool a lot of people, but you can't fool God. That's what I read this to say. Verse 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, I always say if you hear the bad news of the Bible, keep reading, you're going to get to the good news. Verse 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sins. Amen? As we saw in the first part of that chapter, it says, and then you'll have joy. That's where your joy comes from fellowship with one another and fellowship with God. If we walk in the truth, we walk in the light of God, we humble ourselves. We are prideful people. I know I am. If we humble ourselves and confess our sins to God, We will have fellowship and joy and here it says and our sins will be covered sins will be covered i'm 43 years old now and i went to the doctor recently and you know you got the whole dreaded like 50. you guys know what i'm talking about the c word colonoscopy no nobody (laughs) i know exactly I'm like, oh I'm good till fifty, right? Like seven more years. And they're like, Well, it's actually forty five now. I'm like, Ah, I knew I shouldn't have come to the doctor. G- Little kids. Uh, Jim Gaffigan, have you, you know him, the comedian? Anyone watch him? He's hilarious. His wife set him set that up for him. He goes, I don't even like my picture to be taken. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Sorry, too far. Too far, I know. But I said, is there any other way? Has it like technology advanced to a point where this is not even a thing anymore? Like, surely there's some like test or something, and they're like, nope, that's really the only way. That's the only way that it can be done. Here, the Bible is clear. Like, the only way to have fellowship with God and others is to walk in the light. Just. To be walking in the light of, of god and that's also where your joy comes from so it's important once a month we did it last sunday we usually try to do the lord's supper the first sunday of every month um but circumstances we did it last sunday and that's why it's so important to have the lord's Supper. Um, because it gives us that time, and we, we read that in First Corinthians 11, right? It Take time to examine yourself. That, that God would put some, something on your heart to confess to Him. It's like, don't take these elements unless you, you've taken that time to have God examine your heart. But God rewards us from that, like confessing our sins to Him. You could take it straight to God. Like, I always read that, like God, and this is in these verses that we just read, That God, He is faithful and He is just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of of our unrighteousness. He's faithful. He's just. You take it to Him, He's always going to forgive you. Always going to forgive you. So it's important. It's important to take the Lord's Supper, to take that time. You can also confess your sins to other Christians. Be careful who you do that with. Just walk around, just telling people, like, hey, I was thinking this earlier. I mean, be careful with that. Like, make sure it's safe. And I remember the first time I did that, confessed a sin with one of my fellow brothers as a Christian. And it was, like, so nerve-wracking. I'm like, oh, you know. But once I did, it was, like, so freeing. And God honored, you know, honored that in my life. But I would say one time a month in communion just really isn't enough. When I, when I see this, like walking in the light, it's like a daily thing. Like, Teach us how to pray, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my trespasses. Daily confessing to God our sins. You can take that to God. You don't need me to do it for you. God says, you're a saint as a believer you're an ambassador you you are an adopted son and daughter of the most high king you could you're God's son or daughter like go to him he wants you to come to him he he loves you and and this is not just so that we walk around feeling bad about ourselves Or feeling guilty all the time. Like you see on TV shows, like people feel bad about their guilt and they're like beating themselves up or groveling to the king or putting ashes like just doing this weird public stuff. Like this is not to make you feel bad about your stuff, about yourself. Old drill sergeant used to say, Stop feeling sorry for yourself, do something. This is just to get you to do something, like go to your heavenly father who loves you who wants the best for you he already knows your sin you don't have to hide it his blood covers our sins and I don't want you to think like this is an opportunity to try really hard to overcome your sins to walk in the light of God you can't overcome it by yourself only through the power of God working in you can you overcome And you'll never leave this world being free of sin. You'll sin less and less and less, if God willing. But you'll never be sinless. I believe that the sin that I confess all the time to God that I've never been able to get rid of, I believe one is a reminder to me of of what it means to live in this world and to be a sinner. And it's a reminder to me of how good and amazing God's grace is. It's amazing to me every day i got to confess my sins and I think of the blood of Jesus that covers my sins. God is so good. He is so wonderful. We have to depend upon Him and His blood for Him to take away our sins last point here, verse 8 through 10, we can't walk in the light and the darkness. Like I said, sinners are prideful, I'm prideful, we're all prideful, and we just can't walk in light and darkness, like they don't exist in the same place at the same time. They just don't. It says, be careful not to blasphemy God to say, hey, I am not a sinner, because you make God a liar. And you may say, "Well, how in the world will I know if I'm a sinner, or if I'm sinning? I need to take something to God." Well, the Bible says that one, the law was written. If you read the Ten Commandments, for example, and the reason that the Ten Commandments were written is to so that sin would abound, so that we would know that we're sinners, and that we would know that we need Jesus. God writes the law in our heart so that we would know that we're sinners. We all know internally. The Holy Spirit goes around convicting pe- people of their sin and their unrighteousness. Not because God is this mean, mad God at everyone. Is that you No, know, He's our loving Heavenly Father. He wants you to know that you're a sinner so that you will come to Him. That you will ask Him for forgiveness. So that your fellowship will be made right with Him and others. So that your joy will be made complete. So, the application for this sermon is to confess our sins daily, to ask God to forgive us of our trespasses. To receive salvation requires admittance that we're sinners, that we need Jesus. It's also required to maintain close fellowship with God and with others. And as you mature as a Christian, the more you walk with Jesus, the more you're going to see your sin, the more you're going to see others' sin, and the more you're going to see the sin of the world. It's just the way it works. But it helps us to appreciate, to love Jesus more. When we sing amazing grace, like we sing it out loud. What a free gift we have received. How amazing and loving our Father is. We all know John three sixteen, or you may have heard it, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. The next verse in that is that Jesus says, hey, I didn't come to judge. He came to the light. Jesus came that light would come into the world. And the Bible says, this is the judgment. Jesus says, I didn't come to judge the world. I came into the world and I'm light. So therefore, the judgment is is upon you that the light came into the world. John 3, 19. Light came into the world, but people loved the darkness versus the light the people love the darkness and the reason the people love the darkness is because their deeds are dark our deeds are sinful they're dark that's the beginning with Adam and Eve it's been the same case but instead of running and hiding from God He wants us to see his love. He wants us to see his righteousness. He wants us to see him for who he is and instead of running from him, he wants us to run to him. Because he is trustworthy. He has our best interests at heart. He demonstrated that by sending his son to die on a cross.